0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 43 of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. Let's start with the news on the 2022 MLB lockout, as it continues to put a halt on the season. On Tuesday, March 8th, talks went well into the night once again in another marathon session similar to that of the one last week, with unfortunately similar results. After a 17-hour negotiation, no deal was reached between the owners and the players' association. However, there is some somewhat hopeful news coming out of this. Although multiple offers were exchanged throughout the course of the day, with some progress being made, it seems that the MLB is still considering a full 2022 season. That's right. It seems the MLB officials are confident that a new deal will be reached by the time the season starts, so a 162-game season is still very much on the table. A new deadline has been set once again, this time for Wednesday, March 9th. If a deal is still yet to be reached, Manfred has threatened to cancel more games, and the dreams of a 162-game season will all but vanish. As of Wednesday morning, however, it seems that the MLB Players Association is speaking to their board of directors to work on a response to release before the deadline. To me, it really seems like the owners and the players are really starting to get sick of the work stoppage and are really trying to do their part to end the entire fiasco and get back to what they do best, playing baseball. There have been a couple things that have been agreed upon up to this point, including the implementation of larger bases and a pitch clock, as well as banning the defensive shift and having expanded playoffs that will now include 14 teams instead of the usual 10. However, as of Thursday, March 10th, it seems that the Tucks have stalled once again, meaning that another two series have been removed from the schedule, and opening day has been pushed back to a tentative April 14th. So, hopefully, by the next episode, I'll finally be able to report some good news on the MLB lockout, in hopes that we'll eventually get to play some baseball in 2022. Anyway... Let's get on to this week's episode. Now, if you haven't heard, some big things are happening in the NFL world, with trades flying left and right, and free agents packing up to move to a different city. Now, I know that's not really about baseball, but it does play into what we're talking about this week. You see, one of these transactions sent 33-year-old Cincinnati, Ohio native, Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. Now, as cool as that might be, there's something a little bit special about Wilson coming to Colorado. Or should I say, returning to Colorado? That's right. You see, back in 2007, Russell Wilson, the 5 foot 11 inch second baseman, was taken in the 41st round of the 2007 MLB June Amateur Draft fresh out of high school by the Baltimore Orioles. Wilson decided to deny the offer and go to college instead for a few more years. Just three years later, the Carr Rockies drafted Wilson in the fourth round of the 2010 June Amateur Draft in hopes of making him a star second baseman in the MLB. You see, Wilson did an incredible job at North Carolina State as the starting second baseman for the team. His freshman year, he had a .296 batting average in 32 games, recording 21 hits, 2 home runs, and 8 RBIs. The speedster also stole 6 bases, and was only caught once. His sophomore year was a bit slower, but by his junior year, Wilson was back up to a 306 batting average, with 30 hits and 98 at-bats, scoring 25 runs and 12 RBIs. The Rockies decided to take a chance on the young shortstop. And signed him to a single A contract with the Tri City Dust Devils for his first year, and then the Asheville Tourists for his second year after a little bit of a promotion. With the Dust Devils, Wilson hit 230 with 28 hits and 11 RBIs and 122 at bats. With the Tourists, he hit 228 with 44 hits and 40 runs scored and 193 at bats. Wilson saw that his potential in baseball was kind of dwindling a little bit. So in 2011, Wilson went back to play football for the Wisconsin Badgers and was drafted by the Seahawks on May 7, 2012. And really from there, the rest is history. Although Wilson never saw any time in the MLB, he still proved to be an impressive athlete that could play professional baseball and football. And surprisingly enough, he's not the only one. There are other, more current NFL quarterbacks who had a similar story. Tom Brady, for example, was drafted as a Montreal Expo in the 18th round of the 1995 MLB draft, but he went to Michigan instead to play football. Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback, was actually drafted by the Oakland Athletics in the first round as the ninth overall pick just a few years ago in 2018. And of course, I can't leave out Tim Tebow, who actually played in the minor leagues for four seasons at various different levels in the Mets farm system before eventually deciding to retire. Now, although none of these players saw any professional baseball action at an MLB level, it's still funny to think what could have been. But let's talk about a couple guys that actually did play professional baseball in the MLB and professional football in the NFL at the same time. Now, just to preface this, there have been 67 incredible athletes that have played at least one game of baseball in the MLB and one game of football in the NFL at some point in their career, ranging all the way back from 1912 to more recently 2006. Let's start with Dion Sanders. Deion Sanders had an incredible 14-year career in the NFL, playing in 188 games and earning himself a spot in the NFL Hall of Fame thanks to his eight Pro Bowl appearances, his six All-Pro awards, two Super Bowl championships, and two Defensive Player of the Year awards. Sanders undoubtedly was one of the greatest defensive back receivers ever, but he wasn't a bad baseball player either. You see, the same year he started his NFL career, he started his MLB career. Sanders played for nine seasons with four different teams, and while he juggled two professional sports careers, he played some unbelievable baseball. In his nine years, Deion hit two sixty-three at the plate and had 558 hits in 2,123 at-bats. He had 186 stolen bases and had a more than respectable 3.19 on base percentage. Sanders was a center fielder primarily, but an outfielder his entire baseball career, patrolling and running down pretty much any ball hit to him, leading him to a career 9.82 fielding percentage, a more than respectable number. Sanders was even a part of two playoff runs, one in 1992 and the other in 1993, both with the Atlanta Braves. Although they lost the World Series in 1992, Sanders still hit 533 in the World Series after recording eight hits and four runs on two doubles in the four-game series. Also, in that same year, Deion Sanders actually led the National League in triples with 14. Some pretty impressive stuff for the dual-sport athlete. Next, we have Bo Jackson. Now, Bo Jackson only played in 38 games in the NFL, about three seasons with the Los Angeles Raiders. In that time, however, he went to a Pro Bowl and came in second place in Rookie of the Year voting in 1987 after recording 554 yards on 81 rushing attempts in just seven games. The 6-foot, 1-inch, 227-pound running back, out of Alabama, was known for rushing the most yards that he could, and boy was he good at it. But throughout his career, Bo just kept coming back to baseball. Bo started his MLB career in 1986 and played until he retired in 1994, about an eight-year stretch. In that time, Bo slugged 141 home runs and 598 hits. He finished his career with a 250 batting average, 341 runs, and 415 runs batted in. In 1989, the same year that Bo rushed for 950 yards in 11 games, <laughs> he was selected for the MLB All Star Game thanks to his impressive year, which saw Bo get 132 hits and 32 home runs, both of which, by the way, were career bests. The best part about Jackson's trip to the MLB All-Star Game that year was the fact that he actually received the All-Star Game MVP honors thanks to a 2-for-4 appearance at the plate, including a home run in the first inning to lead off the game for the American League. Not only that, but Bo Jackson stole second base during the All-Star Game off of Hall of Fame pitcher John Smoltz (laughs) and the young San Diego Padre phenom catcher Benito Santiago. Now, although Bo Jackson may have struck out a lot in his career, about 841 times, he wasn't afraid to, and often did, steal bases right out from under the pitcher's nose. Also, being the speedy left fielder that he was, he could track down just about any ball hit to him, much like Deion Sanders, including one catch that led to Jackson literally running up the outfield wall in an attempt to just stop his momentum. (laughs) Now, if you haven't seen that video, go watch it right now. It's quite a spectacle. (laughs) Now, I know I've primarily talked about NFL and MLB players becoming dual sport athletes, but we have seen some other athletes from other professional sports try their hand in the MLB. Take Michael Jordan, one of the best basketball players to have ever played in the NBA, for example. In 1994, at the age of 31, about midway through his professional career, he decided to try his hand in the MLB, where he played 127 games for the Chicago White Sox AA affiliate, the Birmingham Barons. Now, although his stats didn't really show it, Jordan actually did a fantastic job in his year with the Barons. He hit 202 in 1994 and had 88 hits, 17 doubles, a triple, and 3 home runs. He also had 51 runs, stole 30 bases, and walked 51 times. For playing a completely different sport and then trying your hand, at a professional-level sport you played in college 10 years prior, I mean, I think he did pretty good. (laughs) Some other players that come to mind include Joe Maurer, the longtime Minnesota Twins catcher, who was actually once viewed as one of the best high school quarterbacks in the country. Maurer received a full-ride scholarship to Florida State to play football, but turned it down to enter the MLB draft instead. Which, I think looking back on it now, was probably a pretty good decision for Maurer. Carl Crawford, one of the best Tampa Bay Rays of all time, was actually offered a scholarship to UCLA to play basketball. As well as a couple other scholarships to play football. He too insisted on playing baseball. And, he kind of made himself a bit of a Hall of Fame career as well. And what about the all-time great Lou Gehrig, who, surprisingly enough, could have been a professional football player if not for his love for baseball? Now, back when Gehrig played, the NFL wasn't around, but imagine if it had been. Imagine if Lou Gehrig was actually an NFL legend, (laughs) and not an MLB legend. It's crazy and kind of weird to think about what could have been. And honestly, looking back at it, it's absolutely insane to think about the things that these athletes were able to accomplish. I mean, could you imagine playing two pretty different sports at a professional level at the same time during your career? And doing so well enough that both teams actually keep you around for a while. I mean, it truly describes just how incredible these athletes really were, especially in their prime. I wonder if there's any athletes right now that would be willing to do the same. So in next week's episode, we're going to talk about the story of the San Jose Bees, an independent league baseball club that was definitely one of the weirder teams to ever play the game of baseball. And they were only around for one season.